Amen. <laughs> Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne. Lord, we thank you that you got us all here safe, intact, nothing missing, nothing broken. Amen. We know the enemy likes to challenge our faith and challenge our resolve to get to the house of God and to worship you and do what you want us to do with our time. So we thank you, Lord, that you allowed us, enabled us to to get up this morning and, and all limbs working and, and uh, you know, getting here and all of the above. Lord, we're so thankful. We don't want to take anything for granted. And we honor you and we love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. <clears throat> so before we get started, I just want to make mention of our uh, special for this month again, uh, for the month of January. It's our Master Prayer Manual. This edition is $8, and uh, and you pay the shipping, and the more you buy, the more you save, because the shipping kind of stays the same, I guess, in a way, not much more, whatever. Anywho. It's a good deal, and uh, we thank God for this manual because it has helped us uh, be a ministry, amen, and helped so many people uh, to get what they need from God. So it has been a blessing because it's the word. I don't deal in a lot of people's little funny visions. We saw this demon hanging over something. So there are demons hanging everywhere. You know, the, Satan is the God of this world. I have, y'all know, he runs stuff, amen, uh, down here, except. When we step in with the word of God and, and amen and declare the word of God to principalities and powers. So so we're all in on that. God's all in with us and we love the Lord. So we thank God for that. So uh, we're going to continue with hearing the word. We talked about hearing the word yesterday and uh, we talked about the impact and the importance and the benefits of meditating on the word. And we talked about meditating versus confession and, uh, you know, what we we really need to um, understand about some of the things that we do. Uh, doing doesn't mean you understand the meaning of it, and it doesn't mean you're doing it by faith. So there is a faith operation involved in receiving from God by faith. And, and there's a corresponding action that demonstrates our faith that we are involved in, uh, that we want to do to accomplish what it is that, that we want to receive from God. And so it's not just saying that we're healed, but it's believing that when we say we're healed, we're, we're speaking from our heart and speaking from a heart of faith. But what does that, that the utterance of that confession really do for us? What does it do in the atmosphere? Why do we do it? And, and why do sometimes we get caught up in just saying the word over and over again, not knowing if it's really helping anything and hoping that it's impacting God in some way or convincing God that we really do believe you know, there's there's all kinds of stuff mixed up in that. And so uh, we want to kind of get to the nitty gritty of things and understand what we're doing when we confess the word. What are we doing? Are we really believing that we've already received when we pray? And if we do believe that, does that believing stay consistent? 
is it challenged? Because the Bible says that we will reap if we don't give up, don't lose heart, don't faint. So there is a a possibility, and I think it's a real possibility, that once we begin believing, we can walk away. The Bible talks about those who depart from the faith. It doesn't mean just quit coming to church. It means that you're just not willing to invest your faith in God's word anymore. You'll see that with people. They, oh, y'all still believe that? You still go to that church? Well, yeah, you know, because that's where God assigned me. Where you go, you get a silence. Amen. Because they have ceased believing God for things. And while it was just a challenge, they didn't take care of it. See, when, when your faith is challenged, you have to take care of that. You just can't sit up and let yourself think anything you want to think and let the devil plant any kind of idea in your head. And then you start feeding off that. And then pretty soon, you you know, you, that's why people, people who backslide get caught. I don't think most of them believe they're not saved anymore, but they get caught up in this compromise mentality. See, just because God didn't strike you dead when you got up out of the bed of fornication. You understand that don't mean he like it or you won't pay for it. Well, he paid for my sins. Not if you living like this. No, he paid for sins of people who are trying to do better. <laughs> he paid for the sins of the obedient. Amen. And the, those who live by faith. And so many times people have just not understood how to live by faith just in an everyday way of living. You know, if if you're challenged by your flesh, you can cry out to God for mercy. And as long as your heart is toward obedience, God will help you. No matter, the Bible says, though a man's fall, he was not be utterly cast down. God will pick him up again and dust him off. Amen. When you he picks you up, you repent. You tell him, you say, God, I'm so sorry. I don't know how. I'm so sick of myself doing this over and over. You understand what I'm saying? You get honest before God. You act like somebody who's really been forgiven and, and who knows holiness. And you want to live holy. You don't want to live raggedy. Amen. And if, if And that puts you and God on the same page. And so when we understand these things we understand what we're doing when we confess the word when we believe we received it already if you believe you received it already then symptoms you you shouldn't even pay attention to them but see we we focus on them everybody does because doubt comes in and and you think well i am healed maybe this is different maybe this is harder maybe you can everybody's mind does that you, you, but, but you gotta put, put the natural man in check. See? And this is the biggest help that confessing the word will do for anybody is keeping your natural man in check. Keeping him from robbing your spirit of the power that God has put in your spirit. See, when you're, when you are being attacked by symptoms, and I'm not saying you have disease, because, you know, I really firmly believe that we got started over the years, uh, faith people and people who knew better talked me out of that stand, because when you say Christians don't get disease, people look at you like you crazy. 
and see you've got to be able to defend that coming and going so i kind of toned down on it because it's too much warfare out there against it you know pretty soon you fighting everybody you fighting your wallpaper you fighting the the toilet paper you fighting the eraser you fighting everything just to hold on to what you believe but i know that works because i remember when i would minister like that to people i remember remember um uh she's the girl she was right debbie the one they said had ms and i told her you don't have the disease you don't have ms i said those are lying symptoms symptoms lying to you and we lived like that for so long and see what happens i think over a period of time is doubt will creep in and doubt will creep in it may take a long time for the the enemy to chisel you off of that stand so now i'm working to reposition myself on the word amen because i firmly believe that if you're redeemed you're redeemed i fought it on tithing when people would say you're cursed if you don't tithe i said that's a lie from the pit of hell you're redeemed from the curse amen now you may not get the benefit of it and see people would tithers will fight you on it and they're not doing it by faith either they're just doing it because they're scared god won't bless them if they don't and i'm thinking how are you standing up here if god's not blessing you how are you how is your mortgage paid if he's not blessing you do you understand what i'm saying and we all got a roof over our heads and we all got food on our tables and i don't go through the ranks checking who gives what you give you give what you purpose in your heart to give amen and i'm not against tithing i want people to do more than tithe because i know you'll be blessed more well yeah tithes and offerings no just off the bat just keep giving 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 and see where it leads you to why don't we step out on a limb with god and really believe like we say we believe if a tenth will bless you 20 percent will bless you more let's see we don't give me yeah right thought you believed the word see a lot of us are doing a lot of things out of fear and out of legalism when you do something because you're scared not to that's not faith see this is why creflo dollar is getting criticized back and forth because he was at least honest about it that that he put people in fear of not giving and you go in some of these churches and they'll argue you tooth tooth and nail about you got to do this you got to do that well you got to believe in order for it to work for you what's not a faith is sin how about that scripture see it won't avail you anything if it's not mixed with faith you got to believe and not everybody sitting there believes they can live off just 90 percent of what they make some people have to get there you got me and then some people just do it and and maybe they're not living very well but they just believe in doing it well they need to mix it with faith too whatever you do you got to mix the word that you believe with faith god we're not scared of god like he's not going to take care of us if we don't give him 10 percent because there's too many people not doing it that are living you understand what i'm saying 
It's called grace. Grace through faith. See, if you give that tenth and you totally believe the word on it, you'll have so much more money than you ever had when you were just giving it, just to be giving it or giving it because some preacher told you you were going to be cursed if you didn't give it. Amen. Or you keep read Malachi 3.10 and you don't go read Galatians 3.13. So we're, we're redeemed. If you're saved, you're redeemed. Your money's redeemed. Your activity's redeemed. Your kids are redeemed. Your neighbors are redeemed. Everything, you know, everything, everything you touch your, put your hand to is blood bought and blood covered. That's redemption. That means there's no curse on it. So we've got to work on getting our faith free to work for us. Amen. It's about freeing up your faith so that it works for you to bring you in the benefits that God wants you to have. In Galatians 3, I'll go there uh, because I was, I just said, well, God, wherever you want me to start, I'll start. Let me find the one I want. Three. And verses 2, I think it says here. Now, this is the whole book of Galatians was written because Paul found that people were going back under the law instead of staying with the grace of God that comes through faith. He says, O foolish Galatians, who have bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Before whose eyes Christ Jesus has been evidently set forth, crucified among you. In other words, his crucifixion brought forth his grace that the faith that that uh, works by grace that works by faith. Amen. And so he's he's trying to keep the church believing in faith and keep them out of the legalism of the law, because if you don't obey the whole law, you got to If you obey, you can't obey a little bit of it. You obey it all. In order to get the benefit of it. That's why God did away with it. He he didn't do away with the law as as the foundation of how to live right. But how you implement it in your life, you must do it by faith. And you can't believe everything you read all at one time. you got to do a little bit of time. So you might be struggling over here wondering, God, how are you going to continue to bless me? And I'm still messing up over here. Mercy. He's giving you mercy until you really believe, until you're fully persuaded. That's how you get it. That's how the, the drug addict can keep relapsing and coming to church when they get a little free and rejoice over it and then get out there in the street and get tempted and go back to it again. And they're still saved. Amen. Same thing with the adulterer and the fornicator. We have fornicators and adulterers up in pulpits preaching and bringing their illegitimate kids into the church. You know, they still living. God hasn't struck them dead. I thank God I, I, I don't have that, but I have my own struggles. See, they're all struggling with faith. Some of them quit so long ago trying to live right. Then they just decided, well, I'm just going to pretend. Oh, y'all, you don't know how anybody lives sitting next to you. You got me? And it's not ours to judge. 
thank God I don't have a heaven to put them in or a hell to put them in either. You know what I'm saying? Because it would be hard for me to judge. Very hard. And so we, we've got to understand that in, in God covers us in his love and his mercy and helps us develop our faith so that we can get the blessing. His aim is to get us into the blessing. But if he's cutting us off because we're doing wrong, we'll never get the faith. We'll never get there. So that's why the blood continues to cleanse us over and over and over again. Because we need it. Because we keep trying real hard and then we keep messing up. Or at least I do. I don't know where y'all live, but I live in Ohio, America. And Satan is the god of this world. And we all fight the same devil. So we might as well love each other and help each other. And, you know, when you see your brother stumble, you know, you pray for him, say, God, please help my brother. You know, because that could be me stumbling all over the place. But but these are challenges to our faith, folks. And we must determine to live by faith and and trust God with the outcome. Just trust him. You know, the Bible says to flee certain things. You know, the one thing I know when Paul wrote the letter, um, I'm forgetting which one of the Corinthian letters, I think he said, he said that he was settling some questions that they sent him. And he said, I don't want to put down any laws too heavy for you. He said, but the one thing I, I want you to do that I think God is adamant about, you know, God is, is, demands you obey these things. He says to flee fornication and adultery and don't eat anything that has been offered to idols. Don't eat any meat that's been offered to idols. And that was it. There was nothing on there about money. I know one thing, you won't die from being too poor to give in the offering, but you'll die from AIDS. You'll die from syphilis. You'll die from gonorrhea. Now, God has a healing for you, but how much can you mess up and still feel like God's mercy is on your life? That's a toughie. Because there's so many people that totally quit. Because they feel like they can't keep up with the person sitting next to them in church. Whenever you get a group of people together, you're going to have a certain amount of group think. You're going to have a certain amount of group standards. You're going to have a certain amount of competition between each other. And in some churches, they encourage it. They got about ten auxiliaries. And they all are involved in competing and fundraising. Well, the so-and-so auxiliary, they, they, they fundraiser is they, you know, they, uh, uh, we gotta give our report. That report is financial. And you're competing against your brother for each other's money. So you can impress the pastor with how much you raise. See, it's competition in the house. Amen. That's such bad parenting. How many of you parents would put your pit, your kids against one another? Or compare your children. You know how damaging that is.
So anyhow, where are we? Oh, foolish Galatians. <laughs> uh, see, when you leave the mercy of God and you leave the life of grace through faith, he said, that's a foolish move. He said, God did away with the, 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 uh, uh, the curse of the broken law to give us hope and encouragement. That's why Israel would backslide and, and serve other gods. They just lost confidence that they could do this thing. You know, if, if you were given a book the size of Deuteronomy to, to live by, and then that ain't the only one, you got Leviticus too. And then they throw in some more laws here and there throughout. It's like, man, who can do this? Well, he already went to the cross for you. So you don't have to do it. See, it took a perfect man to do all that law. And then Paul sees him trying to go back into the law. So he stops him. He said, "Uh uh-uh, don't do that. He says, this only what I want to learn from you, verse 2. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law? Did you earn your salvation? Or by the hearing of faith? See, if you got saved by the hearing of faith, everything you get after salvation must be by the hearing of faith. It's got to be. Or you're tearing down your foundation that Jesus' blood paid for and you're building on a foundation that's been done away with. Amen? So so the broken law could never be repaired by human efforts. just wasn't possible. And so God devised a way when his only son gave his life for everybody to be included in his mercy. Amen. For everybody to receive everything that they need simply by hearing the word and mixing it with your faith. That was true for them under the old covenant. Remember the the, the generation that died in the wilderness? It says that they they refused to mix the word that they heard with faith. And they only had to go a year at a time. You understand what I'm saying? Well, I didn't mess up. You know, you get around to to February and March or wherever the third or fourth month on their calendar is. And you say, well, I didn't mess up for good right now and I ain't doing too good. But wait until the Day of Atonement. Wait, Yeah, I'm going to straighten it all up then. You know, you at least look forward to once a year. Well, we're cleansed all the time. We have a continual cleansing. But you got to trust that that cleansing's enough. And when you start really wanting to believe it or really putting forth the effort real good, guess what happens? Oh, Slewfoot shows up. He said, hath God truly said? Did he really say that? You know, so-and-so preaches that yada, 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 yada. And see, you, if you just a little preacher somewhere, you shrink down because they got thousands of people. You understand what I'm saying? Yada, 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 yada. So Paul says, if you got what you got, salvation, by hearing, by the hearing of faith, you just heard the gospel and you responded to it, then everything else you get with this covenant, it comes the same way. See, what we do sometimes, we let the enemy force us into works. 
You ever been they like yeah, push, 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 push. Huh? We get to wondering, oh, is 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 you know, well it hasn't happened yet, and I don't know why it hasn't happened. Well, God, I ain't been on my word like I should have been on my word, and you're still alive. Huh? You still get around. You just got a few little things. You know, we all got little dangling what the what them things they had. Remember when Bush and in in Gore ran in that election, the hanging chads, the you know on the you know the punch of the old punch cards for the elections, them little things you punch out, they called it a chad. So they had to count the hanging chads and the the, the incomplete chads. Well, we all got them hanging chads somewhere, you know. They ain't stopping you from getting in heaven. They don't stop you from loving God, and they don't stop him from loving you. But there's just a little hanging something. We ain't sure where to categorize it. We all got something. And it's not really an issue because it's not stopping you from loving God. And it's not stopping God from loving you. It's just some unfinished business. And that business will get finished one day if you continue to believe. See, because we got certain scriptures that, that are in the Bible that we got kind of working. And it, it, like when, the, when Jesus said, when the Son of Man returns, shall he find faith? So somebody's got to be believing for something down here because he's going to be looking for it. He's going to be looking for people who are believing something he didn't say what you believe in him but faith he wants somebody working his faith down here when he returns because there is a great falling away in fact i think we're witnessing some of it right now it couldn't get much greater than this i say that and then it might you know what i'm saying like i don't i don't know but you know and it started many years ago this just didn't didn't happen now People have been walking away from commitment to God. Amen. They just have. And so so that means that some of us aren't going to have all our ducks in a row and all our little goodies from time to time. We're going to be working on it just like we're doing now. You understand what I'm saying? And so it, it's it's no harm if you don't have any everything God wants you to have. I don't know many Christians who do. Even the big faith people, they got something, something, some issue, some hanging chad somewhere. Either somebody can't get healed in the family and they've been praying for a long time or, you know, they, they constantly keep falling back into debt and don't know how to live debt free. Well, maybe you ain't living debt free because you need, God needs to have somebody down here believe in him to get him out of debt. I mean, I ain't the head of the church. I mean, I ain't trying to know everything. But these little things in my little common sense brain make a little sense to me. Somebody's always going to be working on something. You know, when you depart this earth, you're going to pass the baton to your children. You, You understand what I'm saying? Don't quit praying. Don't quit believing. You keep doing this before God because God, Jesus is going to return to this earth and he is looking for faith. And I want you to be holding on to him when he comes. And so he says here, did you receive the spirit by the works of the law? In other words, when God gave you tongues or when you got born again, did you work your way into that? 
Did you confess long enough? Did you fast long enough? We didn't know nothing about either one of them when we got saved. We're just so glad and we felt that change in us. We knew we were different. When you're healed, you know it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Those are impartations of the Holy Ghost where you have evidence, faith evidence, evidence in your spirit that God has completed that transaction. I was thinking about that uh, today, and and uh, I was telling the Lord, I said, Lord, I've been believing. I said, nobody can tell me I have heart disease. My heart is fixed. I believed that for over 40 years. It's just fixed, you know. And uh, I said, but what about my my toenail that looks bad? Or what about my blood pressure medication? You know, what about all this? And he said, we're working on it. But I want it right now so I can prove to everybody how high and mighty I am. See, the cry of the flesh is a cry of the flesh, no matter what it's saying. And see, anytime you start letting time bug you, you're in the flesh. Because your spirit man don't know nothing about time. He just is content and peaceful. And then you go look, letting the pill bug you. Well. That pill is not your relationship with God. That pill is not your salvation. That pill is not, you know, there are people that have to take oxygen 24-7. Amen? And in convenience and, and ease of living would come to them if they could get rid of that. But sometimes they have to struggle with it and stay in the word and struggle and say, well, God, you could just touch me and get rid of this. Yeah, he could. But he's taking you down the road of faith, developing your faith. Why is that? It's got to be that faith is superior to stuff or to inconveniences. I mean, I hate to say that, but it's, it's the development of your faith is just so important. Jesus died to give you that. He died to give you your faith first and then things next. Seek first the kingdom. And things get added, not struggling to figure out why you don't have stuff yet. But we all do it. And he forgives all of us. Amen. So, so we're in, when you, when you walk by faith, you're going to have to learn how to ignore a lot of things that your natural man wants to get you involved in. Your natural man is real interested in everything that pertains to this life. So he will interfere with your faith life just by pushing you and saying, well, if you were living right, how come you don't have this from God yet? You mean you mean you really think there's nothing wrong somewhere and you don't have this? It's got to be something wrong if you don't have this. And see, so he keeps prodding, pushing, 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 pushing. Nothing wrong, Lord. I love you. You love me. Let's get in the word and talk. Let's just. You know, talk together. And if there's something yet that I need to do besides believe, you said only believe, believe and not doubt. Ah, now I've located my problem. Devil's been making me doubt. See, 
Worrying about time and worrying when is a manifestation of doubt. You doubt you've got it. Now, the, a good way to, to stop doubt is say, no, nah, devil, you, no, no, I have it already. You're too late. Too late to the party. We ate up all the chicken wings. You can't tell me I ain't got no chicken coming. I ate it already. My right, Poppy? Let him steal your lunch. You let him take your food. You take your teeth that, that would eat the food if you had it. He don't stop there. You know, he's starving you to death already. He makes sure you don't tumble and get nothing. Take your teeth so you can't chew. The dirty devil. Don't let him get entangled in your brain. So that's a good thing about your confession. It will help you fight the doubts that the devil puts in there. That's why you confess. You confessing the word to yourself. Keeping yourself in faith. Well, I have faith, yeah, but God can't see it. Where is it at? In your back pocket, in your purse? Oh, yeah, I know it's in that old purse you stuck back in the closet you don't use no more. Well, might as well be. You got to show him your faith. I mean, continually. God, here I am down here living by faith. I love you. Just checking in. I don't want nothing. I got everything. Huh? Because I believe you and I know it'll come to pass. He says, are you so foolish having begun in the spirit? Now you're going to be made perfect by the flesh. Have you suffered so many things in vain, if it yet be in vain? He, therefore, that ministers to you the spirit and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Now, when we hear that, we say, well, that's really silly. I don't believe that. Yeah, but on an everyday day-to-day basis, it's easy to slip back over in there. Thinking you got to do something to make God get you something you need faster. You know, you vow to spend your money right. And the next thing you know, you done messed it up again. God, how did I, I ask you to help me? He'll prove to you you can't do works. But you got to know the difference. He says, do you do miracles by the works of the law? Even as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. That was before the law. Those who are of faith are the same as the children of Abraham. Amen. So then they which are of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Abraham got over into works when he had Isaac. I mean uh, Ishmael. Works produce stuff. Works produce problems. And many times people are are reluctant to get rid of the works and start living by faith. Because your little hands will get nervous if they can't be kept busy. Your little tongue will get nervous if it can't impress God by you confessing the word more. I got to get on my confession again. 
You know what I'm saying? There's nothing wrong with confessing a word. But what's your motive? Are you trying to manipulate God into giving you something that you really are having doubts that you have it already? You trying to get it anyway, you little cheat. Huh? It's like, you know, your kids, when you make them clean up their rooms and you go in there, you you know, you go by the door and you look in there, it looks neat, but don't you dare go look up under nothing. That's us. Huh? Got them all clean, I'm clean, swept, and garnished. Come give me my inspection so you can get my stuff. We're justified people live by faith. God, I believe you. And I don't care how long it takes. <gasps> I can't believe I said that. That's the best thing you could say under the circumstances. Then your mind will start going crazy. God, what do you mean? I don't care how long it takes. Oh, Lord, if I don't get so-and-so money by so-and-so, I'm I'm done. If I don't get your mind, I'll be on fire. Run around like somebody stuck a match to your head. Amen. So we don't dare say that. <laughs> but sometimes that could be the best thing you ever say. It can put that doubt devil in a coffin so you never get him out again. And you, this time you say it and you really mean it. Amen. God, I don't care how long it takes. I know I'm healed now and I believe you and I love you. So I'm just going to crawl back up in my Bible and we're just going to have a good time. You got me? And, and just, just live by faith. Where your faith has you right now, enjoy where you're at. Enjoy your life and quit projecting onto into the future. Take no thought, Jesus said, for tomorrow. He said, tomorrow's going to have enough trouble. Trust me, I know what's coming. Tomorrow's going to give you enough problems. So let's get today taken care of and go to bed, have a good night's sleep, and we'll tackle tomorrow when you wake up. Amen. And many times that's what doubt has us do. It has us borrow trouble off the future. Well, what if? Hmm. Now, every day God gives me is a day of rejoicing. What if I rejoice? What if I have good things lined up for me all day long? How about that, devil? Amen? No, he hasn't planned any. God has not planned anything. He he has not planned trouble for me. Trouble will come to you on its own. But God is the God that gets you out of trouble. He don't care who made it. You made it for yourself. You make most of your trouble. Huh? You know, slipped up and said something. Your confession been raggedy for days. Where you think them demons are lurking to come and put into operation what you confessed out of your flesh? We have so much mercy, it's pitiful. They're new every morning. You get up and look at, you know, if you look at your little shoes by the bed, Lord, where's my mercy? Oh, here it is. It's stuck in the, in my house shoe. I'm standing on my mercy. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Here it is. It's waiting on me every morning. See what I'm saying? You see, we got to keep ourselves in the right mindset. 
so that we can can stay in faith and expect good. Amen. Always expect good. Well, see, bad happens. You don't know that and you don't know how it happens. If you expect good, maybe less of bad would happen. But you won't have your share. But God's word says he delivers us out of them all. Many are the afflictions. Oh, yeah. Be thankful you don't have as many as you could have. Depends on what you mean by many. But God delivers us out of them all. Well, I just thought when you said, well, you thought wrong. Quit thinking. That's your problem. Go read your Bible. Act like a saint of God. We don't care what you think and we don't care what I think. I'm trying to change what I think every minute. Amen. I'm working on it. <laughs> so here's verse 10. It says, everybody who's under the works of the law, trying to obey God enough, confess enough, do enough good stuff so he'll bless you, you're under the curse. So when you start working the law, you put yourself under there. For it is written, curses everyone that continues not in all of the things that are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no man is justified by law in the sight of God. That's what's important. What does God think about what you do? It says, because the just shall live by faith. If you want to live, you better pick up the life of faith. If you're justified by God, you prove it by living by faith. You don't prove it by trying to work the law to see if God will bless you. That's just wrong. You're already blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That has already taken place. You're not waiting on a blessing. You're blessed already. Well, how do I get it? Just call it up. Thank you, Lord, for my new whatever it is. Thank you, Lord, for my... I have it already by faith. You've already given me everything I need that pertains to life and godliness. See, Paul stuck in prayers in the in the Bible for a reason, so that we wouldn't get caught up in trying to, you know, the Ephesians 1, 1 through 17 prayer. The spirit of wisdom and revelation and the, the eyes of their understanding be enlightened. That we would know the hope of our calling. How do you know it? From drawing from within. From the blessing that's within. You get enlightened. You're not waiting on God to do something for you. You get enlightened to what he's already done. You get enlightened to what he's already done. See, when you go through the word and, and you meditate on the word and you get quickened on the inside, and you get what we call, oh, God gave me a revelation. That didn't come from outside. That came from inside you. He just shined the light on the blessing that was already in there. You saved. You received Christ. What do you think Jesus is living in you for? In the person of the Holy Spirit. He's living in there to quicken to you what you have. He's just waiting on you to read it and believe it enough so he can quicken it to you. And he said, yep, that's yours. That's yours. 
That's yours. You finally picked up on it. That's yours. See, if he were try to, to try and tell you everything from the inside without you getting your, your eyes fixed on it and your ears to hear it, you wouldn't believe it anyway. He could sit up and tell you how blessed you are all day long. If your eyes never see it and your ears never hear it, you can't mix faith with it. That's just how it's done. Everybody trying to skip the stuff they think is going to cause them some effort, you know. How come I just got to keep getting the Bible? Because God said so. He said that's where he's going to meet you. He ain't meeting you at Madam So-and-So's card reader. See, we're waiting for a voice and waiting for something else. Any voice can speak to you. You can pick up on Madam So-and-So's demon without even going to her. If you're just looking, looking for a voice to tell you something good, that ain't God. God speaks to us through his word. Amen. He wants you to see it with your eyes, hear it with your ears, understand it with your heart. Where is my scripture? That's in uh, Matthew 13. Why don't we go there? See, everybody wants to bypass <laughs> the way God wants to do stuff. Hey, you got to go buy the book, folks. Other than that, you got a bootleg and a counterfeit. So uh, Matthew chapter 13. Jesus was talking about parables, but this is the pattern that conversion happens. He talked about people with that that were dull of hearing. It says, verse 14, and in them is fulfilled, talking about Pharisees and religious people, people who don't believe with their hearts. The prophecy of Isaiah, which says, by hearing you shall hear and not understand, and seeing you shall see and not perceive. Why? Because your heart is wrong it's wax gross and in other words your heart is stiffened it's hardened you won't let the word in he says and their ears are dull of hearing and their eyes they have closed now y'all have been in churches full of people like that oh religious people yeah well you know i believe god does oh please you know just keep moving when you hear that lest at any time They should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their heart, and be converted, and then you get healed. Then you get blessed. This is is an internal operation. You know, Jesus would say to people, blessed are your eyes, for they see, and blessed are your ears, for they hear. Amen? Blessed means there's a goodness there that's causing you to receive what I'm telling you. Amen? And so this is how it happens. This is why you meditate on the word. This is why you confess the word to yourself over and over again. Because trust me, we're not impressing God. He knows the word already. He knows it forward and backwards, so you ain't impressing him. He can impress you with a lot of stuff where that word is concerned. That's where you want to get to. Amen. 
where he starts to open it up and tell you about it. But see, this conversion is what has to happen with everybody before we can receive healing, before our finances can be healed, before our families can be healed, relationships can be repaired, all of that. We have to be converted. And what's conversion mean? It means that you used to think one way, now you think another way, and you don't go back to the old way. See, we believe we receive our healing when we pray, and that's good. But what happens the minute you get somewhere in in your eyes start looking at something else that or you get a new pain. See, here's the nail biter. Do you go to WebMD? Or do you tell that new pain, I'm healed, pain, get out of here. You can't you can't move me because I'm already healed. I ate the chicken wings already. There's no more left for you. You can't spoil the party. You got me? I ate the word already. I'm already healed. But see, what we do is start rubbing whatever hurts and wondering. Wondering is not conversion. Wondering is going back to the same old natural route that we used to live. Going right back and saying, well, maybe it's this or maybe it's that. Or this is something new, God. How do we tackle this? Like he's going to come up with something better than his word. That's the same old pain you rebuked 15 years ago. It just moved to a different location. Pain is pain. I'm going to go outside. Was it the snow moving guy? Was he out there? I'm going to go sit in the truck with him and talk to him and see what he's, see what he's in the mood for. Does he want to hear some good, good news? See, the enemy deceives us by making us think because it's new, it's different. Or because it's new, it's something God has to do, something, oh, I, oh, I gotta tell God about this one. No, you can do two things. You can ignore it and believe you're healed, or you can rebuke it and say, devil, that's the same old pain you've been giving me all the time. You just move into another location to try and make me think there's something new wrong with me. What's wrong with me is I'm healed. That's, what's wrong with me is I'm good. What's wrong with me is nothing has changed from the last time I said I'm healed. I'm still healed. You got me? If you don't feel that way, stay on the, stay online. Go to WebMD for six hours. Chase the pain down. But get a new pain, go get in the Word. Go read some scriptures. Make sure you convince yourself that you're still healed, no matter what that symptom is trying to tell you. Amen? Let's go to Romans. I'm 
I'm going to go over there. Some of y'all are trying to act like pain is something. If you're healed, you're healed. Maybe I need to get an x-ray and get this look. Go get it. I don't care. Do what you want to do. You ain't threatening me with your x-ray. Seriously. Amen. So when when Jesus talked about seeing with your eyes, hearing with your and understanding with your heart, that process might take you a while. It's not just, you know, you read the word, okay, I see it with my eyes, I'm hearing it with my ears, and I understand it. No, 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 no. That might be a lifelong process for you. And with some things, it might be quick. God may open up your understanding, but I'm going to tell you how it won't happen. It will not happen if you don't take time to meditate on what you read. If you just grabbing a scripture and reciting it and trying to feel good about yourself, that ain't going to kill disease symptoms. You got me? It's not going to kill most of everything. You're going to have to sit down and let God give you understanding of what you read. How does that happen? Through meditation. Oh, well, you know, Pastor Bob, I don't have time. Yeah, I know you're on Facebook all the time and you, you know, on Instagram and, you know, you got to post this and you got to post that. You don't have time. But while you're doing all that, you're still being converted to the world's ways. Because you're using your carnal mind to absorb all of that. Every time you you give in to to your carnal mind and you start living now you can you can you know you can do some things that are just idleness and not sin but carnality is carnality you need something from God you need to act like you need it and that's by spending time getting understanding what do I mean understanding? I mean you have pulled that thing apart and you get a piece in you that you haven't is not going anywhere, no matter how long it takes. See, understanding is an inward process. Well, God, what does it mean if, if by your stripes I'm healed and I'm still feeling symptoms? How does that work, God? What is it? You know, ask him some stuff. He's waiting for you to get understanding. How do you get understanding? You ask questions. You know, you everybody, we want to grill each other and grill, you know, everybody else, but we don't want to grill God, and he's got all the answers. And he wants, he said, I don't upbraid you. He said, you lack wisdom. I give it liberally, and I don't rebuke you and tell you you're a bad girl for asking or bad boy for asking. So ask away. He's not scared. He know you don't know. <laughs> That's pretty obvious. That to me, you, the wallpaper, the toilet stool, and everything else, we know you don't know. Amen? So, else, How else is Ephesians 1, 1, 1 through 17 going to happen for you? The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. So you walk in the hope. What are you hoping for? You're hoping for success. You're hoping for your bills to be paid. You're hoping for your 
your your business to be successful. You're hoping for your children to be successful. That's your hope. Well, well, if this, you got to have understanding. The, these eyes, see with your eyes, hear with your ears, understand with your heart. It's got to get understanding in your heart. Amen. Other than that, you're just you know shadow boxing. You you think you're, you know, it's like. You know, boxers, they can't spar all the time. You know, they, <laughs> you gotta have a human to fight. You can't beat up on everybody and let everybody beat up on you. But you can build muscle through shadow boxing. You know, hitting the bag, hitting the, all that kind of stuff. But that's not what we do. You're fighting a real devil every time you open your mouth in the body of Christ. Amen. So we're hitting real stuff. Every time we hit something, it's real. Every time you confess the word, it's real. Every time you meditate the word, it's real. And it builds understanding on the inside of you so that you can realize the things that you hope for. All the things you got lined up there that you believe in God for that he says he's going to do for you, you want to see them come to pass. Amen? And there's a process to that. Number one, you got to believe you have it before you even see it. And the devil's going to fight you for the believing you have it. Amen? How's he do that? He parades other stuff in, in your seeing and your hearing to draw you away from that. You heal, feel this, and he shoots a pain on you. Amen? And it's not just a small pain. It's pretty sizable pain. Amen? If you never address that pain, oh, this is what we do. This is real cute for a believer. Oh, it's not that bad. Well, what are you going to do when he comes and, and takes your toe off? Well, at least he left me with the rest of my foot. See, is the you're doing that when you don't address that thing with the word. Because you don't respond to that threat. See, that's what I mean when I say we're not shadow boxing. We hit real stuff. When that pain hits you, you gotta address that. <laughs> Devil, you better not come up here. To, what? Uh, really? I know you better not be putting pain on me. You take it out of here the same way, the same way it came in, it's going to go out suddenly. You suddenly take it off my body in Jesus' name. Then suddenly don't work, so you suddenly some more. You suddenly some more. And you suddenly some more. But you have to answer these things. See, that's what your confession is for. You got me? Your confession is to address whatever it is that's trying to talk you out of believing God and holding on to your faith. You have to. That's that's what you confess. You confess the word to yourself to convince yourself more. Every day you live, the faith is is being oozed out of you. It's you're losing if you don't build up. 
that's why Jesus told the disciples to pray. You know, that's an important prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. How you get your daily bread out of the word? Man does not live by bread alone, but bread is not a word of God. So you got to have the word in you every day. Other than that, you just run around pretending like you believe in God. You're just living on the skims. Amen. You are. If Jesus told you to pray like that, he said pray like that. So you need the word every day. You can go without food, but you can't go without God helping you through the word. Amen. So you take your scripture. You don't have to read 15 chapters or or three chapters and impress God. He knows you just skimming. Huh? That's why the devil meets you around the corner with something you need him for. Huh? That'll teach you to skim. Romans 4 in verse. Where was that? Let's, Romans. Romans. Never got there. Here's Abraham. We love this. I love this. Amen. Abraham was deep for somebody that was before the law and just God would just come to him here and there. You know, that's like not thinking about God except when you get in church once a week. You understand what I'm saying? Thank God we have the Holy Spirit and we have our Bibles so that we can feed on the word of God and keep ourselves encouraging God in between. But it says here in verse 13, uh, he says here, for the promise that he, Abraham, should be heir of the world. Gee, I thought I just wanted my bills paid. No, you're an heir of the world. Ooh, yeah, ooh. We got ways to go. Heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through righteousness that is by faith. When you believe God, there's nothing wrong with you anywhere. It's called righteousness. And it comes by believing God, putting your faith in God's word. You're right everywhere. Don't let the devil put condemnation on you. Well, something's wrong. No, devil. I got my healing now. I believe God. And I'm a righteous person by my faith in him, not by trying to do everything right. Of course, you do right stuff because he leads you to do it right, but you're not doing it apart from God. He says, for if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void. So that means only the Jew can have an inheritance. And the promise is made of none effect because the law works wrath. For where no law is, there's no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith. Where there's no law, there's no transgression. Mm, That means there's no curse either. So God won't curse me for disobedience. No, you get to repent. Well, suppose I don't repent and you triple down. If you know all this and you won't come clean, you know, 
I was one of them kids. I was a kid in the family. I told on everybody. You wasn't going to torture me because, you know, Louise and, and Shirley and Jackie was doing, uh-uh. I'm going to tell everything. You don't have to twist my arm. What else do I need to confess, God? I'm telling it all. Let's get it out the way. He says, therefore, it is a faith that it might be by grace. So if you believe God, then the grace of God comes upon you for what? For whatever you need. For your healing. For your answers. For favor. For blessing. To the end that the promise might be sure to all the seed. Anybody can believe. The woman with the issue of blood believed. She left the law behind. Faith told her, leave the law behind and believe. That's all you need to do. And she received her healing. It says that it might be sure to everybody, everybody who believes. It says not only to that which are of the law, but those which are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee. A father of many nations, before whom he believed even God who quickens the dead, makes alive the dead. Listen, if you don't want to do nothing else, you go on God's side because he's got power to raise up the dead. That's all power. Giving you a little extra money in your checkbook is nothing if he can raise the dead. My goodness. What are we nervous about? And he quickens the dead and calls those. How does he quicken the dead? You know, I like putting the word by calling those things that be not as though they are. That's how you make dead things alive. If your health is dead, call yourself healed. You got me? If you need money, call yourself wealthy. If if God is your business partner, quit worrying about going bankrupt. He ain't going bankrupt with you. You can't bankrupt him. We got Bible evidence. There's a little guy in there trying to bankrupt his daddy, and he got home. His daddy had more money than he had when he left and took what he had. And he wasn't, he wasn't in righteousness. He was in rebellion. Dad, I can't wait for you to die so I can have my portion. You're going to live too long. So give me mine so I can leave out of here and go find me some hookers. Did am I reading the right version of the Bible? Huh? Well, if that little dude didn't bankrupt his daddy, you can't either. Your blood bought. He says, who against hope believed in hope. Woo! The repo man is at the door. Huh? They ever come to your house with a a chain and a hook and you talk them out of taking your car? I've seen saints that did it. Hook and chain and all backed right up out the driveway and they lived happily ever after. 
It's hoping against hope, folks. See? You don't ever see your stuff being dragged off by nobody. You keep a vision in your heart of having all your stuff. Amen. Lord, let me keep my Mustang. If they I, they can't afford a casket, bury me in that. But the devil ain't getting it. My right, Poppy. <laughs> Amen. So he hoped against hope. How do he do that? He was not weak in faith. How did he not be weak in faith? He didn't consider, he didn't think about when pain came to him, he didn't stop and go to WebMD. He said, I am healed. God has told me I'm healed and I'm healed. That's the final word on my condition. Final word. Devil, you don't get to add nothing to it by giving me a flaky symptom. There's no comma behind I'm healed. I'm healed, period. You're not healed, but you're healed, period. That's what strong faith is. You don't waver. He said, not being weak in faith, he considered not his own body. A thousand ideas can come through your head that you don't have it and you don't let them, you don't think about it. But see, one thing bothers me now. I know I'm healed, but go sit down. You do not have the floor. He staggered not at the promise of God. He didn't think about his impotent body or Sarah's dead womb. He did not stagger. See, you've got to be filled with the word of God and experienced in holding on to it to not stagger at stuff. But you can get there. How do you get there? Meditate on the word. See, if he didn't consider, he didn't meditate on his body. What's he thinking about? What God told him is true. Same thing we do. By your stripes, you are healed. I don't care if you got to tell yourself that a thousand times a day. You don't have to say it out loud. What did the woman with the issue of blood? She said where? Within herself. That's meditation. She found out about Jesus and she thought about that thing until it got real to her. Amen? First time you hear that you're healed, it sounds good to you. Then the devil comes and says something and you say, oh, well. But then God revives it and he tells you again, it sounds good to you again. Then the devil comes and you put off accepting it for a little bit. You say, oh, well. And then one day you say, you know what? I am healed. And I don't care how long it takes. I'm not changing my mind about it. See, that's when you're fully persuaded. That's what Abraham had to get to. Everybody has to get there. You're not going now. If you're looking for a shortcut to be fully persuaded, there are none. We are on a narrow road. It's a straight path. You go straight to the goods. Amen. But if you stay on this narrow road, you will get there. The devil's trying to flag you down and give you a detour at every turn. Something else to think about. Something else to consider. But you're not to consider those things. No, devil, I don't have time to think about this so-called pain you tell me is new. Well, see, what that means is you got so-and-so. No, I don't, and it don't have me. I tell you what I do have. I have stripes. I'm wearing stripes. My pillow has stripes on it. 
My sheets have stripes. I have stripes. And by his stripes, I'm healed. Do you understand me? And you've got to persuade yourself that that's all that you believe. And that's what takes time. Persuading. Because we will, something will happen to us and we think this is new. There's nothing new. You're healed from whatever it is. Oh, but see, you don't understand. This pain felt different than the pain I used to feel. That You mean you examine how you feel that much? Why don't you examine the word that much? We can tell every detail of how we feel. Which, you know, feelings come from this world. They come from the prince of this world. They're of the world. We can examine up and down and see, then it shoots here and it goes there and it'll go away for a little while. But then it'll come back again and see, it's only there when I'm doing this. Well, you examining the pain all that, but why don't you examine the word of God? Why don't you examine the stripes? God, give me something to meditate on besides go get your Bible. This is not like, well, let me get my mind on something else. Let me bring a happy thought in here. You're still using your carnal mind. You're not building up your spirit and building up your faith. You've got to get the word. Why are we so reluctant? People tell us a million things that happen. Oh, yeah, you know, uh, they got this new supplement that you can get for so-and-so and such-and-such kind of pain. Huh? And you just filled up, you sit up there and take so many supplements, you burping and can't keep them down and forget them and you know half the time God's trying to make you forget them so you get in the word but see that word it takes long because you don't do it right you don't let the word be the final answer you still consider in other things see the day you start considering the Bible says Abraham considered not his body Why is that important? That's where the devil always works. With what you can see, feel, hear, taste, smell, see. Works in the the natural senses. So you got to, can I be blind to that? Sure you can. Huh? Most girls, when they're like 16 or something like that, they get a crush. You know, they find a boy that's cute. All the girls want him. But you convince yourself, he's yours. That's my crush. He like me. Huh? You go to class reunion 40 years later, that's my crush. You didn't waver for 40 years that that dude was yours. Somebody say amen so I can quit. Stop this nonsense here. That's how some of y'all got married. She wasn't thinking about you or he wasn't thinking about you. And you convinced yourself they was yours. Huh? And then pretty soon they get persuaded. How's that happen? Stop this. You know how to consider stuff, how to, what to consider and not to consider. You do it all the time. You do it with something you want. 
we all want to be healed. We can consider healing all day long and fully persuade ourselves that we have it. And know that no symptom can take that away from you. Amen. And so we're able to do it. We've proven it to ourselves that we've done it. You know, some of them dudes, you didn't even pay no attention to you in high school. Fifty years later, you found out they finally got out the joint. Now you want to go see them. Don't tell me you can't convince yourself. Play with me. Uh, I'm not having it. Not playing with me like he says. It's so hard to persuade myself I'm healed when I don't feel. No, it ain't. That dude didn't tell you nothing to encourage you. And you still believe it anyway. Don't tell me that. Huh? Shanae Huh? Don't mess with me today. Am I right, Poppy? We can persuade ourselves, huh? We can be fully persuaded. God is not going to leave you high and dry. You're going to get this because what? You working on it. Huh? You don't consider every little thing that happens to you. You consider your stripes. Amen. You consider your heal. You consider your whole. You consider you have it now. You consider the devil can't take it away from you. Amen. You consider those things. That's meditation, folks. We ain't sitting up looking at our navels. We're ministering the word to ourselves. You're ministering health and healing to yourself. Amen. When you speak the word over your body, your body is hearing that. Your body's receiving that. Amen. Quit trying to impress God with your much speaking, you little Pharisee. Kill that devil. Amen. Make him go away. And consider not, amen, the things that are of this world. And consider Jesus and what he did. All right, why don't we stop? Well, Lord, we thank you for your word and we thank you for understanding, Lord. We thank you for the good things that you're doing for us through your holy word, through your written word. And Lord, we thank you that by your stripes we are healed. We're healed now. Amen. And Lord, every day we're persuading ourselves more and more to be fully persuaded. That what you promised, you're able to perform. We don't have to perform it. You didn't stop being able when we got saved. You've always been able to perform what you say, Lord. And that's all we have to know. Is God able to do it? Yes, he is. Amen. That's all you have to do. He's able. Amen. I'm waiting on somebody who's able. It will come to pass because he's able. I have it already because he's able. He's given it to me already. I have it. He's able. Why don't you see it? I will. You just hide and watch, devil, because it will come to pass. Amen? You might as well get mad at me now, devil, because it's happening. Amen? You might as well pick at me now because it's going to happen. You can't stop it. Because I am fully persuaded that what he's promised, he's able to perform. Amen? I don't have more ability than he does. I'm relying on his ability. I don't have to do nothing but believe him and continue to worship. Now, if you want to stay here, devil, while I worship God, you stay here while I worship God. But I'm going to worship God for giving me all things that pertain to life and godliness, for giving me already everything that I need, for giving me already my children back in church, for giving me already my saved family, for giving me already everything that I need for giving me already a prosperous business a prosperous job prosperity everywhere 
and healed neighbors, saved neighbors, and healed acquaintances. Everybody but my crush in high school, he's making sure you stay awake. Amen. Praise God. Amen. All right. If you need prayer, come on up. I'll pray for you, and we'll pray for people on the Internet.
everybody have prayer here that needs prayer. Amen. Praise God. Well, Father in heaven, we thank you for this day. You've made us to rejoice in you because you're a God of joy and gladness and opportunity and hope and all of the good things that come to us in life. So, Lord, I bless the people who are watching on the Internet. Father, help them to overcome everything that stands between them and what they're believing you for, the promised thing. Let them be like Abraham. Let them be fully persuaded. Let them fully persuade themselves through meditating on your word, that your word is true and the devil's a liar. And I bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Y'all all good in here? Amen. All right. We'll do our declaration. I don't have Rona. She don't have me. I don't have. And it don't have me. Thank you, Lord, that by your stripes we are healed. Amen, amen, and amen again. It's so decreed. Amen. Praise God.